rather get in blip Just staying glued to your seat Across the multiverse or across the street It's MCU on repeat Hello everybody and welcome to MCU on repeat Today is a day of character development Today is a day that I never thought would happen Oh shit. Today's the day we cover Thor the Dark World. But is today the day that we both equally enjoy Dark World? My ranking doesn't say that, Ty, but I did really fucking enjoy this movie. <laughs> yes. I actually have it pretty high on my ranking. That's so crazy. Okay, so, so mine's much. like all right, as I keep saying, I go based on, like, if I'm bored, am I going to put this movie on? And I'm probably not going to choose this movie. I don't think I'm going to choose, like, really any Thor movie to, like, put on if I'm super bored. But, like, this movie is definitely a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Like, it's crazy. I think I think this is the movie that, like, I think I've seen a bajillion times but haven't watched, if that makes sense. So right. like I feel like I've watched this movie like seen this movie more times than I can count but like I didn't pay attention to it. And it was a couple weeks ago I was getting my kid ready for a bath and I had I started playing this in the background. And then I started watching it. And then I started watching it more. And all the things I don't like about the first Thor movie are kind of gone and I will die and say that I feel like this is more Ragnarok than Thor 2011. And because of that, I actually love the shit out of this movie. Like, I was having so much fun with this movie. Like, the dialogue is so good. Like, it really is. Like, um, you know, we live, we die. Your birthright was to die. You know, like, um, just a lot little of things. How, oh, yeah, how is space? Space is good, you know? Like, you know, him hanging up Mjolnir on the coat rack. You know, there's just little things. Like Heimdall, so cool in this movie. And there's like some, it feels like Star Wars and Asgard kind of stuff. The Dark Elves are kind of terrifying, albeit Malekith underwhelming. So, like, and Frigga. Frigga's great. And we didn't even get her name in the first Thor movie. There's no. just so many little things in this movie that I just... I kind of fell in love with slowly, and like like when Frigga's death scene happened, I was like, oh, wow, this is heavier than I remember it being. This is kind of sad. <laughs> you know? I just, uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It's crazy. Like, I remember, I remember trying to watch this be getting ready for uh, Endgame, and... I, 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 this movie, I, so this movie to me is like Batman Begins. I just don't care about it. Oh, see, I think Batman Begins is my favorite. No, 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 no. I, Ty, I've had some character development over the years for Batman Begins. Let me tell you. Oh, okay. um, I was about to say. <laughs> younger me was because this movie came out in 2013. And then, like, I never really cared about Batman Begins because, like, I always fell asleep during it. Like, I fell asleep twice during it, um, watching it at home. And I would always fall asleep during this movie because this movie was just so boring to me. And now I, like, I watched it during the day. I watched it, and I actually, like, paid attention for things. And, like, 
I, I have to somewhat apologize to Taika Watiti. Um, because I always thought that he just didn't care about the Thor. I have to po- not Taika Watiti. I I think I have to apologize more to the writers of like Thor Ragnarok because I always thought like they just didn't care about like any of the previously established uh storylines or, or characters from the from the previous two Thor movies and I was uh I was humbly wrong. Uh wow, this is going to be an episode of growth. I was humbly wrong because there's a lot of references in this movie that they do in the la- in the next two Thor movies. Well I still don't like Love and Thunder. I uh I have to say it's it's I have to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, I think this movie's interesting because, like, first off, like, I like Taika Waititi for all the reasons that people don't like Taika Waititi, which is um, they, for some reason, had a fondness of the first two movies, and Taika Waititi came in and was like, "Um, well, that shit's kind of boring, and... It's not that Taika... Now I have like a new retrospective of it. It's not that Taika Waititi necessarily thought it was boring. It's just that there was so much doom and gloom to Thor's depression that he had to like make us <laughs> look at it from like another perspective. I like the aspect, though. Yeah, I... Like of this movie? Yeah, of this movie. I really like the Viking aspect that they do in this movie over like the Viking aspect that they do in like love and thunder. I think, I think it's just evolved really. Like I like everything about Asgard and the Asgardians in this movie than I do in the first Thor movie. Like I really like the combative purposes. I really do like, you know, when Loki's brought out of the cell, every single person of the warriors three is like, if you betray Thor, let me guess you'll kill me. But the thing is, like, this movie actually feels like a Thor movie. Yes. yes, Like, the last one, how we talked about how it felt more like it's a Loki character development movie setting him up to be the villain of the Avengers, and it was more Asgard than it was a Thor character-driven film. And, like, a lot of the aspects that they do with Jane Foster in this movie is to mirror the the story of the first one. It's a fish out of water. That's why Jane got brought to... Um, Asgard, and it's so she could share the screen with Anthony Hopkins. Honestly, that was the only two reasons. But like, it's it's just done. I just really like this movie more than the first Thor, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I I I think this movie is substantially better in almost every faucet except um, the villain. But like the first Thor movie. Like, Loki necessarily really isn't the villain to me. Like, he's just he's, the god of mischief. Yeah, he's not like, meant every to be time the villain of this movie. Yeah, every time he's the villain of something, I'm like, eh, you're not really a villain. You know, it's not necessarily like, like I'm going to make this comparison, uh, Godspeed. It's like, you know, it's not necessarily like the Scarlet Witch. It's like, well, I'm going to kidnap this child and kill her and take her powers. You know, it's not like that. It's just like... I'm going to just roll over everything. And every time there's an antagonist who does that, I'm like, that's not real. That's just a trope. That's not. Dude, dude, shout bad. out to Adewale in this movie. He played Curse. Yeah. In this movie. And he played Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Dude sat for hours in makeup chairs just to get suits on. Like, shout out to him. 
Like that's dedication. <laughs> and like um after I watched this movie, I read some of the Jason Aaron Thor run again. Um, well, after after Love and Thunder. And it goes into God the good gore uh gore the god butcher arc and then afterwards it goes into the Malekith arc. And after reading Jason Aaron's Malekith and like comparing it to this, this Malekith just is literally nothing compared to comic Malekith. Like well, yeah. Malekith is insane. He kills his own people to prove a point. He murders everybody. Like um, basically Thor, in order to stop him, has to go to the Council of the Dark Elves and like, listen, Malekith is out of control. Y'all have to do something. And Malekith shows up and there's this big ensuing battle. And before anybody else dies, the Dark Elf board is like, we have come to a conclusion on how to stop this bloodshed. We have concluded that Malekith ruled the Dark Elves. And Thor's like, what the fuck? And they're like, but it'll stop the bloodshed. And he's like, yeah, but he's a psychopath. So, like, Malekith is very, very intelligent on how he does things. And, like, the villain in this movie just sucks so bad. But I, I actually I really, really like, like Malekith in this movie. I really like the redesign that they did for the Dark Elves. And I really like the design that they gave Malekith, despite the actor not liking sitting in the makeup chair for so long and being felt that he got lied to. Like... I don't like the design in the comic books. Like, if you look at them side by side, the com- like Yondu and like Malekith are two examples of where comic accuracy can fuck right off. See, and I opinion. like the Malekith <clears throat> comic book design because it's very reminiscent to like a jester. Like, I don't want to say the Joker, but it's very reminiscent of like you know basically two half of his faces black and blue, one of them re- very representative of his culture, and the other one completely absent of anything, life, morality, and things like that. And I feel like that lended so much to his character in this movie. It just doesn't feel like anything. Like, he doesn't he doesn't feel like a big president. president. He doesn't feel like President Malekith. Uh, he doesn't feel like <laughs> literally like anything in this movie. Like, if this movie you just picked up Malekith and dropped him off somewhere else, like maybe just another dimension and the dark elves were just there. It literally wouldn't have mattered to me. And I guess that's something I don't like, but this movie wasn't bad enough for me to be like, like, Oh, well I just hate Malekith. Yeah, but it's just, I like that. Dude, that slow motion shot though. Like, come on, you got to give it that. Uh, you know, like lightning in the face, just, just, Everything Thor in this movie is great. And the thing I hate about the first Thor movie is the Shakespeare. I really hate it. Like, I get what they were going for, but that, to me, isn't necessarily Thor. Like, Thor's an adventure. He's like this... He's a guy of growth. He starts as this guy who hasn't earned Mjolnir yet, depending on which um, run you read. And he basically evolves from the guy who just fucks and kills to the guy who has to hold responsibility to himself. And there's several instances in this movie where it kind of juxtaposes his arc in the first film where it's like, well, we have to go to Malekith and get the ether, which is very reminiscent to the first Thor movie, which is like, we must get revenge. It's very different because he's grown as a king and has like, like beheld the wisdom of a king. And it, it's so different seeing like Odin going from the wise guy to kind of like the warlord torn Odin, 
like that Hela kind of alludes to in Ragnarok. Try saying that five times. Warlord torn. Golly, I should give myself a break on that one next time. But yeah, there's a lot of things in this movie that I do love. I do love the comedy in it. I actually think the VFX in this movie a lot of the times is better than oh, it's really the first good. Thor movie. Oh, it's yeah, really I feel, good. I feel like starting this movie off with the flashback felt very Zack Snyder-esque. Uh, yeah. Um, Mad 300 vibes. Like, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is in this movie? So It's really good. I like... A lot of good stuff. I think there's only like a handful of scenes where you can kind of pick out where like a reshoot was done. But other than that, like this movie's CG is really solid. And like this yeah, is like during it. that time though, I guess, where like Marvel is still getting used to their formula of what's going to work, and I think they hit that I feel like they hit that more with the Winter Soldier? No, probably not the Winter Soldier. Probably Guardians. I think Guardians is what changes the tide of what works in a Marvel movie. Like Avengers has got- its, has its comedy, but like Iron Man three has shades of the older Iron Man films into it, and then this movie it has its jokes, but it's not like over the top like the screaming goats. And as a guy who hates Phase 2, has famously hated Phase 2, um, I think Marvel hit every nail on the head that they didn't necessarily mean to hit. Like, for example, Iron Man 3. Not necessarily the Iron Man thing they wanted to do, because later it gets somewhat retconned. But at the same time, his personal struggles and the characterization evolves in, you know, like Civil War. Thor Dark World, um, universally panned as like the worst MCU movie, which is now insane to me because I think it's the Eternals. Um, (laughs) um, They really hit the nail on the head with Tom Hiddleston and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Like the whole like, congratulations, you just decapitated grandfather. And then they like jump through the the little wormhole and it's like, ta-da. You know, it felt very Ragnarok. You know, like yeah, there's uh, a lot of when, things of like that's why I was like saying earlier I needed to apologize because there's like you just de- decapitate your grandfather and then they go through the wormhole and then you just hear Loki go ta da and you're just like oh fuck this is very Ragnarok and <laughs> Ragnarok esque and I'm like oh oh I need to apologize because I actually like this here yeah it's it's really good and like Winter Soldier is just the peak of Phase Two in general. That and Guardians, and I mean, like, every nail they didn't necessarily mean to hit on the head, like, continued success for the MCU from Phase 2. Like, this movie with Thor and Loki is just, like, amazing. Like, everything they do. No, keep going. Just just everything they do, like their dialogue, they're, they're serious and whimsical. You can kind of feel like there's a mutual respect between them, but Thor kind of understands the situation Loki's in because he's not necessarily as guardian. But at the same time, Loki is sympathetic to Thor, and they have this like common goal. It's like, uh, so you don't trust me? And he's like, no, I do not. He's like, trust my rage. And like you can immediately understand that they're in this together, like for Frigga. Like there's no 
being misconstrued or anything about that. Yeah, sure, he eventually lies about his death, but he doesn't betray Thor in that aspect. Like, he's kind of evolving from the Loki that we knew to something more mature in a very specific way. Like, he takes the throne, but he doesn't kill Earth to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, like this, it's weird knowing that this movie almost didn't have Loki in it. It was only after oh. the success of the Avengers did the script get rewritten to include Loki. Yeah, and I think it would have been a mistake not to have Loki because Tom and Chris are so good together. Oh, like, I also need to <sighs> apologize to our friends over at Penny Bloom Podcast, Colton Robertson, because he was absolutely 100% correct. It does open with uh, after that flashback scene of Loki going to trial with Odin. And uh, I still don't agree with Disney Plus's timeline because that scene is only one scene and then the rest of the movie takes place in 2013. Yeah, uh, it's weird. But who am I to say, I guess? I don't know. But I disagree with the timeline, but I would not have them remove that scene. For no, absolutely because not. Because Anthony Hopkins yelling at... Tom is something I will never get tired of. He's like, it's my birthright. Your birthright was to die. It's like, Dude, come Anthony on. Anthony Hopkins now. is like so good. Look, there's a line between Odin and Frigga. I can't remember. Um, oh my God. Like their, so their small bits of dialogue together are so good. Like Odin's preparing for battle and Odin says something to Frigga and Frigga kind of, responds but backwards to odin and i'm like oh my god like this is some really good shit like the dialogue in this movie is actually really good and really clever yeah um like the the writing in it is way way better than the first one and it's something that i think like this might be some of my favorite writing in phase two like it's it's so good, like especially for the like the character development of these characters. One thing I will hit on though with some of the dialogue, Chris Hemsworth does this thing in this movie where he goes so deep in some scenes. Like he's like he's like if you return to your cells, no harm will come to you. You have my word. And somebody hits him, and he's like, "Very well, you do not have my word." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, dude." <laughs> <laughs> or like when he's yelling at Loki, he's like, "Stop this, Loki!" I'm like, "Golly!" Does like All a weird right. Batman thing. Yeah, it's like, "Swear to me, oh swear to son. me, by this trigger, <laughs> you never get it to an ordinary guy." Dude, I really want to talk about um, the not the flashback fight, but the fight with Thor. First of all. Oh, that new armor peak. Uh, so good. Uh, but the fact that they bring out one of Korg's species with the hammer, like the, the, the baseball bat looking laser gun. And he's yeah. just like, I accept your surrender. And then he says, everybody starts laughing at him. So he just starts twirling the hammer, just throws it at him, like throws it up. And the the rock just comes down. I'm just like, he's like, anyone else? And I was like, all right, fuck it. We're done. <laughs> I really <laughs> like that. 
No, there's a lot of like little things in this movie. Like I didn't realize that when Thor like comes to battle, this is in my trivia notes or my tie-ins, but I'm gonna just say it anyway. When he comes down on the Bifrost and he throws Mjolnir, the shot where it kind of like stalls a little bit and comes back is so fucking dope. Like, really God, the action in this movie is actually a lot of fun. Like, the whole fight between him and Malekith, where it's just wormhole fighting, is just... God, I didn't think I'd appreciate it that much, but I actually love the shit out of it. It's so good. <sighs> but, like... This is crazy. I want to talk about... I want to talk about some of this writing, though. Like, this is a conversation between Frigga and Loki. And, like, uh, Loki's... Um, Frigga says, you know full well it was your actions that brought you here. And Loki says, my actions, I was merely given truth to the lie that I had been fed my entire life, that I was born to be a king. And Frigga says, a king, a true king admits his faults. What of the lives you took on earth? A mere handful compared to the number that Odin has taken yourself, your father. And then Loki just screams, he's not my father. Am I not and your And then mother? she just, then am I not your n- mother? And she's like, you're not. And she responds by saying, always so perceptive about everyone but yourself. And she like disappears. And I'm like, God damn, that hurt. (laughs) That's so good. It really is. Man, like some of this, I'm trying to find the piece of dialogue where Odin and like Frigga have this like soft little thing as he's preparing for battle. But I can't find it. And it's so fucking good. You know, while we're at it, we might as well. I don't know if you have any noted. Say what? I do have two of them. Hit me with it. All right. The first one is after Loki turns into Steve Rogers. Oh, this is much better. Costume's a bit much. So tight, but the confidence. I can feel the righteousness surging. Hey, you want to have a rousing discussion about truth, honor, and patriotism? God bless America. <laughs> Uh, and I love how that was originally done. It was Tom doing an impression of Cap, like dressed up in the suit. Yeah. And then Chris Evans did an impression of that. And then he also goes, I spent two years trying to get it so I didn't act over the top. <laughs> and then there's another one. Um, it's between Selvig and Thor. And he goes, your brother isn't coming, is he? And he goes, Loki's dead. And he goes, thank God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that one was good. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> uh, I have a couple uh, from memory. I found the one from Frigga and Odin, and Odin says, Despite all I have survived, my queen still worries over me. And Frigga says, It's only because I still worry over you that you have survived. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's good shit. Um, I love, oh, uh, shit. What was, of course, your birthright was to die. Like, every time. It'll, it'll crack me up every time. Uh, how is space? Space is good. Um, that one's great. I love the fact that during the final battle, they're all, like, standing up. And Darcy's like, Eric, Jane, Thor. And then Mjolnir flies by, and she's like, Mew Mew. Cracks me I, up. I hate uh, that Darcy calls it Mew Mew yet in this movie. Fuck. I, I love it. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, shit. What? What was the other one? Um, oh, I can't think of it. There's a lot in this movie. Um, oh, um, when Thor arrives to battle, um, 
what? Oh, what's her name? Freya, uh, Freya. the the uh, the chick, you, the warrior, Lady Sif, the, the female Sif. Oh Jesus! I just watched Agents of Shield Part Two. I should know this. Um, she says I had it under control, and he's like, "Is that why everything's on fire?" Um, also, like Loki, them trying to fly a ship, and Loki's like. Just stop pressing buttons. And he's like, I'm pressing all the buttons. Um, of course, uh, congratulations. You've decapitated grandfather. Ta-da. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. There's a lot of nonverbal stuff that's really good. Of course, hanging Mjolnir on the coat rack. I was just about to say that <laughs> hanging Mjolnir on the coat rack. Like, Jesus. Which that, leads I mean, into Age should... of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, like I just there's a lot of like small things in this movie that I I really love. Of course, Frigga's conversation with Loki. I already mentioned that. Um, you know, Thor coming down to break Loki out and him dropping his facade, and he's like, "Now you see me, brother," and he's just distraught. Um, very well, you do not have my word. Simply by the line reading itself. Like, there are just so many things in this movie that I just, I just fucking, just so adore. I'll, everything from Odin in this movie is really, really good as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just, man. The movie surprised the shit out of me. It's so good. Like what else you got? I just, I'm genuinely kind of upset that I liked this movie as much as I did. Like, I was so ready to shit on this movie, and then you're like, no, 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 watch it again. Trust me, it's going to be, you're going to enjoy it way more. And I'm like, ah, all right, whatever. So I opened my mind more, Ty, and now I'm just, like, gushing over this movie. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think I think MCU on repeat's theme is growth. And I think, I think it has something to say that, like, I adore Ragnarok and Love and Thunder, and then I can come to Dark World and adore it equally as much. You know, I, I feel conf- like I'm perfectly fine with being a hypocrite as long as I'm not being a Twitter hypocrite. And I can just admit that, like, these movies have good things in all of them and that I enjoy yeah. all of them. Like, I'm not over here like, oh, I love Love and Thunder, so Dark World sucks big fat cock. Or like, oh, I love Dark World. This sucks big fat cock. You know, I'm like, man, right. I'm really finding all these things to really appreciate in these movies and like doing a podcast about it is really, really helpful because I can watch these movies and I always go in with an open mind as if it's the first time I've watched it. That's not the case. Of course I've seen all these movies like 50 times, but at the same time I feel like there's something new to get out of it every time. And I think honestly, like both of us are at a certain age. Cause when did this come out? 2013, 2014, 2013, like that's nine years ago. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, we've grown as people, and we've matured in various ways, that maybe, like, we're catching stuff that we didn't nine years ago. Like, even when I put on Civil War today, that was six years ago, but sometimes I don't watch it to get things out of it. Right. And because I was enjoying this movie so much, I was getting more out of it. So I just, you know, maybe that's the theme of MCU on repeat is redemption. Um, I get, Garrick, that a lot of people hated this movie when it come out. I will say this. I, I So, after I watch something, whatever it be, I go on, I type in, um, say, for example, Thor, Dark World, Discussion, Reddit. And it'll bring me to the initial thoughts of everybody 
who had just recently watched Dark World from the theater. So, naturally, this was nine years ago. Right. And all of the comments were, wow, I really love this film. All of it. Yeah. And I thought that was insane because everybody hates this film. So, I just think, I think it's all about growth, you know? You know, man, like, just growing, man. Dude, okay, like I, I said know. before, this shelf, my shelf, I looked at a shelf. Uh, no, <laughs> my ranking doesn't say that I, like, super love this movie, but, like, I genuinely really like this movie. Where's it at? It is at, let me open up the letterbox because I put it there yesterday. I rearranged a lot of it again. Um, I have this movie sitting at 22. Woo! It, it's right under Iron Man 2. Um, oh, boy. No, 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 no. I know it sounds low, but we've covered <laughs> 36 things. Just to mind you. Uh, uh, but again, it my ranking says it's low. However, I genuinely really fucking like this movie. Something we didn't talk about, which I feel we need to touch on before we go, is the Brian Tyler score. I I think last week, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned that Iron Man 3 was probably his best. Um, and, Brian, of course, Phase 2 is like the run of Brian Tyler trying to figure out where he fits best. They eventually put him in Guardians and left him there. But this score with Thor is really, really good. It's really oh good. Oh, my God. God, this man knows how to make some shit slap. Like, it's abusive, damn near. Like, I was just watching it, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm being abused by this soundtrack. It's so good. (laughs) Man, it's so good. But on my letterbox, um, I have it significantly higher. It is above some Iron Man films. Um, So, uh, uh, I have it at number seven. Um. Dang, that's nice, dude. So, so my top ten going backwards is Iron Man two at ten, Captain Marvel at nine, um, Iron Man three at eight, and then Thor: Dark World at seven, right above Multiverse of Madness. I like. I really enjoyed this film. Like, I when I was watching it, there was nothing there that I was like, I hate this. Like, I was just having fun with it. Like, there was there was significantly nothing where I was just like, man, if they would have did this. Instead, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, I missed out on this. Like, I really didn't, like, catch this the first time. You know what I mean? And I was just... Yeah. I literally, when I watched it, I was like, I could watch this again tomorrow. And I think I might. Oh, dang. Which is a weird feeling. That's called growth. Last last time I did that was with Multiverse of Madness. So, I mean, that's... uh, you know, that's a, that's a high praise, you know. I would have did it with Love and Thunder if I could have got out, but I didn't. Yeah, growth, baby. Growth. I just yeah. think everybody needs to be mature and honest about their feelings, you know. Right. Man, I think we're at that age. World's nah, falling But like apart. I said, over the 36 things that we've covered, that includes the four or five one-shots. Five one-shots. It's at 22. And, like, I think that's genuinely still pretty good. Because, like, a lot of people will put this movie at, like, second last in their MCU over 
like overview, and they'll put it above the Incredible Hulk, which I strongly disagree with because that movie's number three for me. So like, it's crazy. They, I, I yeah, twenty two sounds really low, but we're only halfway through the M. We're almost yeah, we're only like halfway through the MCU at this point, and like, it's that's still pretty high, honestly, for me. And I, like I keep saying, I genuinely really like a lot of this movie a lot more than I thought I was gonna. And that, like, that just blows my mind. Like, I really love, like, this weird Viking aspect that they're using in this movie. I like how it'll still crack jokes, but it's still got its serious moments. I, I love him hanging up the little hammer on the, on, the, on the coat rack. Like, that's really funny to me. Like, and this, this is around the time where, like, Marvel was trying to, like dip its toes in a little bit of the DC formula. Like we talked about the Iron Man three marketing campaign was really yeah. dark. It was basically the dark Knight rises marketing campaign. And yeah. like this one is called the dark world and it's marketed as a very dark world. And like, even though it's funny, like a it is very is really dark. dark. Yeah. It's like the closest DC MCU movie, which is insane to me because like, it is terribly dark. A mother gets killed. Somebody gets their arm cut off. Oh, I just Loki meant visually. Dies. It's really dark. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like mean, that, uh, that whole third it's act, so, it's very dark and shadowy. It's so dark here. You sure this isn't the DCEU? You're so dark. <laughs> you sure you're not from the DC universe? Yeah, like seriously. And I think on my ranking, of course, I'm a little bit biased because... I didn't enjoy comic book movies until the MCU came out because they just weren't that good. And like the lack of connectivity there and studios sucking so much ass that I just couldn't get invested in their like product. Like everybody loves Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Is it going to be the best Wolverine ever? Of course not. Cause it's not comically accurate to like, you know, he's not fucking five, six, you know what I mean? He's not this yeah. tiny-ass dude, but we love Hugh Jackman. But all the other movies that came before really, really kind of sucked, you know? So, like, of course, like, when the MCU came along, I started investing more in this stuff. Like, the only MCU movie that isn't above all the others is, like, The Incredible Hulk, and that's down there with Spider-Man 3. You know what I mean? So, different strokes for different folks. For real. You know what I mean? Let's see. Oh shit! I had my tie-ins that I just. Do you actually like, delete them? Up. No, no. Okay, no. good. Um, I'm trying to Shout find that little piece of trivia for um, Brian Tyler. It's here somewhere. Well, I read it before. While you look, while you look for it, you want me to do my tie-ins? Yeah, dude. Obviously. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dark World Tie-Ins. This is my world. Oh. Sorry, I wasn't ready. <laughs> In 2988 <laughs> BC, that's when the flashback takes place. It's briefly mapped out as a destination point in Endgame, because that's the origin of the Aether. Of course, I mentioned this. When Mjolnir is used in battle, it's the same cinematic shot as when Cap gets Mjolnir in Endgame. It just like floats there and then comes right back. Um, this movie, as well as Age of Ultron, I feel like are heavily, 
heavily redeemed within game because what's interesting is this movie frames loki as the hero and in ragnarok it kind of reinforces it as like the play the play it's it's a little it's it's on the nose but it reinforces loki as the hero and in endgame when he goes back in time it's like no thor was the hero of this story he's still worthy he was worthy then you know so it's it's some pretty good stuff and and i love that this movie is like pure 100 percent heroic thor so also this movie oh wait no uh, thor faces a cronin the same species as Korg. This scene was actually written by Joss Whedon, and it was an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark. So was Thor, the uh, the scene with Captain America that was written by Joss. Yeah, very. You can tell. <laughs> um, you can't write Captain America. No. God, and it's literally like he was projecting again because he's such a fucking dick stip stick that he's just like. Oh, I'm I can feel the, the self righteousness. Blah 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 blah. Uh, like Josh, you are literally the epitome of like how outward countries think of America. You're disgusting. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> sorry, I just <laughs> let a little bit of, um, uh, of my Odin. Your birthright. What's to be accused? Anyway, um, Thor has <laughs> a braid. <laughs> I'm sorry, I fucking can't stand that. What's to be anyway. accused? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my kingdom. Um, <laughs> Thor Thor has a braid in this movie with dark hair wrapped around it, suggesting he's still connected to Jane in some capacity. Of course, it's a little lock of her hair, which is adorable. In the um, somewhat opening of the movie, Darcy interrupts uh, Jane's date and she heavily butters some bread right between them, which is oddly hearkened to by Odin, in which he says, when she's having a conversation with Thor, he <laughs> says, you must think I'm a piece of bread that need to be buttered so heavily, which insinuates that Odin has been spying on uh, Jane and Darcy and their uh, upbringings, which also plays into this movie of him not <laughs> wanting to date an earthling. It's just some creepy dad stuff, man. Um, when the Bifrost comes down later in a movie, it rips the front half of a truck off. You barely see it. It's in the uh, on the yep. right side of the screen. But when it cuts to Heimdall, the part of the truck is thrown at him, which is pretty cool. Odin alludes to objects predating the cosmos, a.k.a. the Infinity Stones, but it's actually a sludge called the Ether. Um Doctor Strange pulled the cape out of his pocket in Multiverse of Madness. Nah, Thor jumping off of the balcony. Let me tell you, folks, that one, that was some badass shit. Both like, of them are Thor, badass. Oh, man, but come on. Like, Thor just Dude. jumping off the balcony. Dude, oh, that man. sick spin he does, though, is really good. Man, that got me off. I'm not going to lie. Um, Frigga's death scene music was also used in the play in Ragnarok, you know, with the lesser brother screaming, um, Frigga's particles during her funeral goes up, presuming that she's going to Valhalla. But Odin's in Ragnarok goes outward, perhaps signaling that he didn't necessarily make it there. Um, Odin is very Wardlord-esque in this movie, something again hit on in Ragnarok. Um, the chalkboard in Endgame 
references 616, which is, again, referenced in Far From Home, and in Endgame with Scott Lang's storage unit, and in Multiverse of Madness, and in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, also on the chalkboard, Phase Transition, which alludes to Ghost and Ant-Man and Wasp, and, well, Schrodinger's Cat, which Loki has somewhat become Schrodinger's Loki in the MCU. If you don't know what Schrodinger's Cat is, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm a quantum mechanics nerd, it's a cat that suggests uh, that basically whenever you observe particles from when you're not observing them, they act very differently. So if you put a cat in a box, he's both alive and, a d and dead. You can't see him. So that's basically the quantum assumption. And in the MCU, that's kind of basically what Loki's like. He's like, he's dead, but not dead. Do you know what I mean? Uh, of course. Yep. I, so I'm thinking about this really quick. Uh, sorry to interrupt. This is like a few pieces of tie-ins back. Um, Odin in Ragnarok. He doesn't quite make it. Love and Thunder about? says, granted, it's kind of it could be considered a retcon. Could not be. I don't know. Uh, is it because he didn't die in battle? It's either that or he was a piece of shit. Because that's kind of the theme of Thor Ragnarok. So guess, I'm yeah. not, I'm not sure. Um, that could be my assumption. I mean, that was my first assumption. But um, again, this movie and Ragnarok hints heavily that Odin was kind of a fat piece of shit who right. liked, and he was kind of racist towards Earthlings. Um, of course, Loki transforming with Cap, which he obviously has a problem with. From the oh, Avengers. I was also wrong on how I, many times he wore that suit. You got to add in Spider-Man: Homecoming. That is true. Okay. Um, of course, I already mentioned this. Uh, in the original footage, Tom Hiddleston actually had the suit. He basically copied Chris he Chris Evans, and then Chris Evans watched it and then basically did an impression of Tom at that point. Again, Thor gets his hand chopped off. Phase 2 is full of allusions to um, The Empire Strikes Back, which Kevin Feige absolutely loves. Um, when they land on the, uh, frost giant planet, I forgot what the planet's called. Jotunheim. Uh, Jotunheim. Um, they re they run into a frost beast, which is the same frost beast from Thor 2011. Um, in the end, when Odin is on the throne, his ra ravens, uh, Ugin and Munin are not present, which alludes to the fact that that's not necessarily Odin. Um, post credit scene has the ether granted to the collector. Also, a little piece of trivia. I don't know if you had this, but I thought I would include it. Um, when Thor kissed Jane in this movie, he wasn't actually kissing Natalie Portman. He was kissing his wife. So, yeah. which is w weird, weird and cool. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. I don't have an opinion on it. Um, but I do want to touch. Couldn't find time to film that part of the scene, I guess. Makes sense. Um, also, I do love the fact that in this end, like, it kind of actually pissed me off when, like, Odin was like, you know, you are now king. And he's like, father, I don't want to be king. And he's like, I have one son who doesn't want to be king, and I have one son who always wants to be king. Is this my legacy? Like, it kind of pissed me off because I felt like Odin was going through a character progression there. And so was Thor. And then it's like, no, it's Loki. So I had to, like, take a break from it and go back to it. And I had to be like, okay, so Loki has evolved 
into basically like granting appreciation and forgiveness to his brother. Yeah. And so thus Loki and Thor are the ones evolving here. Yeah. Uh, because Odin's incapable of evolution because Odin's a, a just absolute disaster and a dipshit. Um, so I just want to say that's a really good scene. It's, it's a fantastic scene. It is really like good, I said, yeah. dialogue, dialogue so good, man. And those are my tie-ins, and that was my word. Alrighty then. Now it's my turn to give you some non-dyed eyebrow trivia. Hell yeah. My favorite part of this movie, non-dyed eyebrows. <laughs> uh, all right. Chris Hemsworth grew out his hair for over a year to have a more authentic long hair rather than use a wig like he had to do in Thor 2011. You can tell he looks he looks um, looks really good. Shall I say sexier in this movie? Uh, this is the last movie written by Don Payne, rest in peace, who also wrote Thor 2011. He died from bone cancer before this movie was released. Rip. May may we see him in Valhalla one day? Uh, the prologue was filmed in a blend of live action and CGI as the Asgardian Dark Elf costumes were too constrictive in which to fight effectively and convincingly. There are only three characters played by human actors in the entire scene, Malekith, Curse, and Boar. All the other characters are CGI. Which, I did not know that. Um, harkens my thoughts on it feeling like Zack Snyder's 300 and a lot of It's just really good CGI though. So yeah. Yeah. But you can tell like, because like the CGI is very ferocious and it's very violent. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this like feels like it's ripped from a page of Zack Snyder or something. So it's a compliment folks. Y'all might think it's not, but it's a compliment. Ah, this scene where Dr. Jane Foster slaps Thor had to be shot several times because Natalie Portman kept fake slapping, quote-unquote, Chris Hemsworth to avoid hurting him. After about 30 takes, she was slapping him for real at around one hour, two minutes. Later on, that the one hour, two minutes part is the later on part, where Dr. Jane Foster meets Loki and punches him. Portman actually did hit Tom Hiddleston. This is the t- <laughs> this time around, it only took her five takes to get to that point. It is so surprising to me that, like, because if you watch interviews with Chris and Natalie, they are like unabashedly in love with each other. It's so weird to me that they somehow did not wind up married. I know they both had kids around this time with other people, but it's just so weird to me. It's so odd to me because they are like soul crushingly in love with each other. Uh, I don't know. I'm a Chris Portman stan. I don't know. <laughs> A uh, fucking Portworth <laughs> fan. <laughs> oh, the filmmakers chose Iceland as the setting for the dark world of Svartan, Svartalfheim. Sorry, I'm definitely mispronouncing this name. I think it's a uh, uh, Svartalfheim. I I I think. Get Kaylee on the phone. Way. We need to know. Uh, for its black volcanic landscapes, the name. Say the word again, Ty. Uh, Svartalfheim. Whatever. Schwartelheim <laughs> uh, literally means home of the Black Elves in Old Norse. Yes. Um, I'm looking up the word because I know what it, uh, I know how to say it. Yeah, it's uh, Schwartelheim. Schwartelheim. Okay, so the F is silent. Uh, yeah, so we got yeah. it now. Yay, go us. Uh, director Alan Taylor. Th- okay. Um, 
Director Alan Taylor was unhappy with how the movie turned out. Although he had received full creative freedom while the movie was shot, he stated that he was, quote, locked out of the editing suite and the studio turned it into a different movie during post-production, a situation he, quote, hoped never to repeat and doesn't wish upon any anybody else. Which makes sense, but then again, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, we mentioned that this movie is really dark. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, the MCU was in the realm of false advertising around this time around. Yeah. And maybe they wanted to make it not less dark, which is just weird. I don't know. The MCU went through some stuff during this phase. It was a lot of weirdness like you know the patty right. jenkins situation so oh yeah i'm gonna get to there don't worry yeah loki's trial had been seen in the movie prequel comic book which served as a quote bridge between thor and the avengers and this movie the filmmakers liked it so much they incorporated it into this movie in late 2011, Patty Jenkins was officially announced as the director for this movie. In December 2011, she backed out of the project due to, quote, creative differences. Natalie Parman was publicly upset that talks between Marvel and Patty Jenkins broke down. Some sources even claimed she threatened to not take part in the movie with another uh, with another director, but couldn't get out of her contract. Jenkins directed Wonder Woman 2017 later. And that was really good. And I'm kind of fortunate that she didn't direct this. Um, I wonder what it would have looked like. Yeah, it would have looked... Well, her original pitch uh, was basically to be kind of the same tone as the first film, but instead do a Romeo and Juliet story at a distance and basically have the world... And basically have Earth threatened and destroyed in which Thor would have to come to grips with his love and his relationship by saving Earth. And that's how he became so close to Earth. Um, but Patty Jenkins, and a lot of her endeavors, is like is good, but also like hit and miss in some aspects. So eh. it would have been interesting. It would have been interesting, yeah, but I don't think... I don't know. I don't think she could do it. Like, I think I she could do it with a good script. Maybe I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> I think with a good yeah, script, she D- could have did it really well. The DC fan in me is coming out a little bit. I'm like, eh, um, but what if it's like 84? Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, this one actually made me tear up a little bit. Ty, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know why it just made me oh, tear up a bit. Director Alan Taylor's nine-year-old daughter was cast in the role of Loki in a school play. Tom Hiddleston made a video for her that gave her several pointers about playing the character. His biggest piece of advice was to remember that Loki is never not having fun. Don't know why that made me tear up, but that really made me tear up for some reason. I actually saw that on the internet a couple weeks ago. And the cool thing about Tom Hiddleston, I think that stands out. The thing that stands out about Tom Hiddleston, um, like... You know, even sometimes Robert Downey Jr. is like you can tell like the people who know what they're in and they understand the impact and the role they have on the world around them. Like a lot of people like get a role like this and they're kind of absent minded, you know, like um, Brie Larson, for example, not absent minded, but she understands the impact that she's having around her when it comes to young women. And when you see an actor like Tom Hiddleston like taking the role, cherishing the role and passing it on to people who also love Loki. 
it's like there's something r- like really lovable about that, and it makes you fall in love with the character a little bit more because he's making you fall in love with the character a little bit more. Right. So it's kind of like you know, it's just I don't know. There's some actors that do that, some that don't, and I really appreciate the ones that do. Me too. This is my last piece of trivia. Thor asks his father Odin, <clears throat> excuse me, how sacrificing countless Asgardian lives to defeat Malekith makes Odin any different from him. Odin chuckles humorously and replies, "I will win." In a deleted scene with Frigga, and, when Frigga and Thor discuss Loki, Thor asks where Odin is. Frigga tells Thor that he will find his father where he's most at ease. In a scene that was included in the movie, Thor finds Odin watching the warriors train. In Thor Ragnarok, it is revealed by Hela that she and Odin warred with countless worlds and conquered them without any regard for the bloodshed on the other side. These scenes in this movie foreshadowed the reveal of Odin's dark legacy in Ragnarok and how Loki and Thor must deal with the consequences of their father's choices. Yep, which is something I love about the character of Thor because regardless of like what anybody says about Love and Thunder, like I get the like disreverency, I get the divisive nature of it, but Thor's movies are about and in the comics, they're about becoming not like your father. Like Jason Aaron's Thor run is him basically becoming King Thor and basically becoming Odin in a very metaphorical sense. Like Gore the God Butcher traps him on the throne to fight for the rest of his life and be the last God remaining. And that's kind of Odin's legacy as well. And Thor's fear is becoming like his father. And in Ragnarok, he really, and in Endgame, he kind of has, and in Infinity War, he has to confront himself, realize that being a warrior isn't enough because he almost kills Thanos, yeah. falls into this depression, and then in Love and Thunder, he realizes that all he needed around him this whole time was just a little bit of love and a little bit of care. And that's the thing that separates a good father from a good king. And I really like seeing like the progression of like how Odin completely crumbles and falls apart compared to like Thor. Because in Ragnarok, he's like, you know, I can't do this alone. I'm not as strong as you. And Odin's like, no, you're stronger. And it's not because he's literally stronger. It's because Thor has, like, the ability to recognize his own flaws and, like, protect people that he loves. Because Odin, like, loves his kids, but he doesn't love them in the sense that allows them to grow as people. You know, right. it's one of it's it's one of those things like it's kind of with like older parents where they're like, you know, I you know, your dad loves you, even though he never says it to you. Like he shows you in little ways. And it's like sometimes that's not enough. So I, I, I do appreciate this growth of like Thor not becoming Odin over these movies. And I do like. Oh, shit. Sorry. I just dropped my trivia phone. Breaking the fourth wall. Broke my trivia phone. Uh, no. Uh, I really like some of the... This is just going back to one part of the movie that I really liked, uh, Ty. This isn't tied to anything you literally just said. Just made me, You you saying this made me think of it, though, for some reason. Uh, at the end, when Thor uh, is going to give Mjolnir to Odin, and he goes, Nah, I, I, don't, I don't want it. You're, you're worthy. You can keep it kind of deal. And then all of a sudden he's like... Okay, and he walks off. Well, I mean, that would have gave away the fact that Loki took over. I don't know. I don't know what you said that made me think of that, but that's what made me think of it. And I like that little touch because they didn't want to get rid of Odin, but they didn't want to like give away the fact that Loki is Odin until he reveals himself to be Loki. I also think it's random thought. I don't know why. 
No, I it, it's a good thought. Like I mentioned it earlier, but I do think like this whole scene, like the growth between Loki and Thor, I know that what Loki wants Thor to know is that he's worthy. Like he doesn't he doesn't need acceptance from somebody else, but he needed to hear it. And so I think it's kind of sweet, like in this weird way where it's like, no, keep it. You're worthy. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just it's a tender scene. It's adorable. Yeah. Do you want to do repeater thoughts? I do want to do repeater thoughts. Okay. First off, thank you to our Patreon producers, Garrick, Rexy, and Chad. And about a month or so, Chad's actually going to be joining us on an episode for Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really exciting. So I asked, what are your thoughts on Thor... Dark World. 23% of you... I also said that we wanted to get rid of meat and SL is like rioting. Like, you can't take this from me. Um, (laughs) So, I felt like we had to have an episode deliberating whether we wanted to keep the meat or not. I feel like it's a cop-out for y'all. But at the same time, this is for fun. So, I'm kind of torn. Like, because if a movie's bad, you're like, well, at least there's hot people in it. But that could be said for literally any movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's a bit yeah. redundant. That's I true. And, like, if you're going to watch a bad movie, I guess Skeet would also count for that. I mean, yeah. Like, because, I mean, come on. Like, I just feel like it's redundant because uh, Penny Bloom kind of uh, changed my mind around it because it is a little redundant. Um, anyway, really redundant. I asked... I asked your thoughts on this movie. 23 gave it a repeat. 23% of you gave it a skeet. 46% of you gave it a meet. And 8% of you gave it a delete, which is our first official delete, which is insane. So I I also... Sorry, I bumped my mic. I understand where people's thoughts are, and it's probably because of the way this movie was presented i guess like you hopped on the internet anytime during 2013 and you're gonna see thor the dark world not as good blah 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 blah. not good bad shit movie and like that's where i sat for a really long time having rewatched this movie last week and then rewatching it again yesterday this movie's actually pretty good and, like, I think you just need to go in there with uh, open mind again. This movie isn't aging like fine wine. It's just aging like water. It's just the same. See, and I think... That makes sense? No, because water <laughs> ages badly. Does it, You though? know, uh, yes, it does. If you leave it out, you get all the, the weird... It turns into, like, weird green... Stuff. I here's what I'll say. I will say this. It it is not the beautiful person you wanted to date in high school or you ran into in the college, right? But it's the woman with the kid in the bar that uh, you were not looking for. There's my analogy. It's like it's like the thing that hits you when you least expect it, and okay. she just goes, "Hey, how's your night going?" and then just hits it off. It's like that. 
Like that's I understand the kind of why Kaylee I got made, from this. made this like her comfort movie. Yeah, I do too. Because she's her, like her guilty pleasure, I guess. Yeah, because she's like every time we watch this, you've just been inattentive with it, and it's kind of frustrated me. So I'm glad that you went in with an open mind and. You know, that's what marriage is about, too, is growth. Also, this week, I did something different. I did a lead-up to this movie because I hated not having an episode last week, and I was bored, and I understand we have to have vacations, but this is literally my week. Um, This is the thing I enjoy doing most, but I think I'm going to do this from now on. So first, I asked you what your thoughts were. Uh, JB the Cape says it's the worst Marvel movie in my opinion, but Loki is fantastic in it. So Strong silver disagree. linings and all disagree. Penny Bloom says <laughs> you may have noticed during our Avengers podcast, but I was a bit silent on the Dark World hate. I do not necessarily think this movie is great. Maybe not even good. It is good, uh, but I really do love it. I thoroughly enjoy watching it. Every time I turn it on, not as trash as everyone says. Agree. Agree. You you have my word. Focal Drift says it's slow and dull. Disagree. Too oh, many Ty, earth before scenes. Before we keep going, how many more do you have left? Uh, well, I have two, and I have some other stuff. Okay. Well, I like how we're doing this. We're gonna we're gonna. This is gonna be our opinions afterwards. It's gonna be you have my word or you don't have my word. <laughs> I like that. Okay, I like so that. We should do that uh, going forward. You um, have my word. You don't have my word. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's slow <laughs> and dull. Too many Earth scenes. Are we doing that after every state, after every opinion, or after the whole opinion? After the, every whole thing. Okay, so if he has three sentences with three separate opinions, after all three opinions... Yeah, I guess that I guess that would make the most sense because if we agree with half of it, you can't say you have my word because then you disagree with the other half, you know. But if you don't like two of them, but you like one of them, how how about after every like full opinion? I uh, yeah, let's do the full opinion. Sorry, it's slow and dull. You do not have. You don't my have word. my word. Too many Earth scenes with unnecessary unnecessary focus on human characters. You do not have my word. Don't have my word. Malachus Sus. You have my word. You have my word. <laughs> <laughs> but Loki is a delight in this and Frigga's death is handled very well. You have my word. You have my word. <laughs> all in all, I enjoyed this more than Thor 1. You have my word. You definitely have my word. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chad says, yep, it's something. Um, oh, you have my word. Uh, you, ha- uh, you have my word. <laughs> Loki is goat like normal. You have, have my, my word. word. Zachary Levi's in this movie. Fuck you Fandral, you don't have my word. <laughs> Fuck Fandral, I hate Oh, I don't know what it is. Zachary Levi was the original choice to play Fandral, and I fucking hate him in this movie. I don't know what it is about him, and I love Zachary (laughs) Levi. Don't get me wrong. I love Zachary Levi. I love Shazam, but fuck Fandral in this movie. I don't know what it is about him. I fucking hate him. um, No. I immediately noticed somebody else was Fandral, and he has one one line in this movie. I was like, oh, I like this one better than the other Fandral. And then I found out it was Zachary Levi. I was like, oh, Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Um, And the Loki fake death is a good scene. You have my word. You have my word. 
SL says, Hoo boy. Well, I didn't hate it at the time, but it's a pretty sad downgrade from the first one. You do not, not have my word. You do not have my a word. A lot of... A lot of creative decisions like making Asgard more Futurama and Loden less likable just weird. You do not have my word. Do not have my word. Frigga is fucking amazing and I'd let her kill me. You have my word. You have my word. (laughs) (laughs) I also asked, what's your favorite part of the movie? Um, I actually asked several things uh, according of this variation. Rexy says, uh, no, no words during this. I'm just going to read it. Uh, the score, to be honest now, unfortunately I haven't seen it in a while, but I got to say Thor score always stays with me. And I love how emotional this movie got with Thor and Loki losing their mother. It got pretty heavy. The bright sun's podcast. <laughs> I actually had to memorize that in high school and I still remember <laughs> most of it. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this, Great nation, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, I also know all 50 states in alphabetical order, which is another weird thing. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the Bright Suns podcast says, they will be on in two weeks with our Winter Soldier episode. Um, look, look to have you on. Look forward. Look to have you. Look forward to having you. A couple of things I loved. Heimdall kicking wholesale, wholesale ass and the Dark Elves invaded Asgard. Very Star Wars. And Thor and Loki having some quality moments that, in hindsight, help steer, steer Loki towards the version we love in Infinity War, which is kind of who Loki was underneath it all. Aww. That's wholesome. Uh, Garrick says, love the role reversal of Jane experiencing thir- Thor's, Thor's word. Thor's world, the scene where she's holding on to him as they zip towards Asgard as top-tier romantic MCU moment. We didn't even really talk um, about their romance in this movie because we talked about how it seemed really forced last time. I felt like it was more natural because they've been away for a while. Like, we haven't yeah. seen them in a while, so we kind of feel that. Am I the only one who feels that no, way? No, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Exactly. Like, look at Love and Thunder. It's like, you know, it's like four years, 12, I don't know. So it's anyway. been like, what, uh, three years? Seven years, blah, blah, blah. Eight two years, hours, eight years, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, one you know fap I mean. ago. Uh, um, I asked, "What's your least favorite thing about this movie?" Bright Sun says, "What a waste of Christopher Eccleston. Villains Agreed. being villains for the sake of villainy isn't engaging, and it's one of the reasons I find later MCU films more rewatchable since they kind of figured it out how to create an antagonist and not just a villain." Garrick says, "The main villain is forgettable, of course." Um, I Dude, also it sucks because like being the main villain, he's not on he his name isn't even on any of like the big promotional stuff. Like what no. a slap in the face. <sighs> I feel like this oh man. Before Endgame, this movie wasn't even promoted as like an MCU movie of like we're being serious. Like everybody forgot about this movie. And shame on you. I uh, have growth. Movie's good. And that's and I hate knowing that I said that out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, I always look like a dumbass because we'll be like, "Oh, next week we're covering," and I'm like, "I hate that fucking film. I have to get trash to watch it." And then I watch uh, it. I gotta and I'm sit like, back I... with a margarita. 
I was a fucking liar, man. Ugh. You know. <laughs> yeah, so, what? Almost two weeks in a row. Not counting Iron yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's all we got for Thor The Dark World. Now, man. Ty, we have one segment left in this show. Yes, we do. Why don't you kick Costumes, it off? costumes, costumes, baby. We what are we thinking about these costumes? Let's start them off. Let's kick it off. Thor. Great Thor, armor. Sex. Sex. I sex. like this armor colored more than I do than its armor in Age of Ultron. It's the same armor, just it's gold and silver, and I like the gold one more. I gotta say, every armor in this movie makes me want to sleep with everybody. Like it's no, I don't like it's Odin's one of in this those. Movie. Well, you know, I, you know, fuck it. Odin's the king. Why not? But it's, it's so like, it feels very Viking, Viking esque. Like all of it. I like, like that. it, and it feels authentic. It feels like they're going to walk into battle and kick some ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even, even Odin's. I like Odin's. Um, but I wish he had like, like a, like his helmet, like a helmet. Like, I would love to just see that, him wear that all the time. That would yeah. be great. But Thor's outfit, yeah. The the the, dye, the no-dyed eyebrows really does it justice in this movie because he's, like, a completely different... It's literally, like, it feels like they recasted him for this movie. Because yeah. it's like, oh, because we got this Thor in Avengers, but this isn't the same Thor as the first Thor. I know. It's crazy what you can do when you just, give him actually, you know, good stuff to work with. It just feels insane. Um, Jane, she looks great as always. Always. Um, Natalie Portman will always be the love of my life. Uh, Ray Stevenson. Looks great. Was, uh, great. He looks great. His beard's great. He also has some fun comedic moments. He does. In this movie. Lady Sif's armor's really good. Yes. Uh, Fandral sticks out like a sore thumb. Fuck Fandral. Yeah, what did I say? You said he stuck out like a sore thumb. He stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, I don't who know else what it is about the character Malik- in this movie, but he can go fuck off. Malekith looks like shit, and Curse looks cool as hell. I like um, both of them. Oh, man, Curse looks so cool. Like, the fucking the horns coming down, and, like, the... Oh, man. Adewale did, like, almost all of his own stunts in this movie, because... The director uh, saw the way he moved, and he was so, like, astounded by the way that Adewale was doing his stuff that he, the stunt team couldn't, like, mimic that movement. And it's also insane to me that Thor's power levels in these movies are so inconsistent because he yeah, gets like his ass kicked by this guy. Oh, my God. It's like he gets his ass kicked by this guy in this movie to a pulp. And then in Ragnarok, he's dope as shit. And then Infinity War, he's dope as shit. And then in Love and Thunder, I don't feel like I see him throw a single good punch the whole movie. Because he doesn't. (laughs) And it's it's like, Gore's whooping your ass, dude. Like, I get get that the Necrosword is, like, powerful and shit. But, like, where's your rage? You know? His whole power set is completely, like, apparently he can control the weather now. Yep, he can make tornadoes, and um, it's He's just... storm from the X-Men? 
it's just, literally it's so weird i don't it's the most inconsistent thing in the mcu like the super soldier theorem is probably the best character in the mcu and then this is just like where does he get his power from oh it's not the hammer it's the hammers to help him control the power but he can use lightning okay why doesn't he use lightning all the time okay but how far can thor push it oh we're not gonna go that far okay um it's like Captain Marvel is like, no, Captain Marvel, I'll just destroy everything. But Thor is like, uh, maybe I'm not in the mood to destroy everything. I just sounded like Wade I Barrett. A, I don't. I need a bit of a Jesus. drinky in me before I start destroying things. I sounded like, I don't know if y'all know who Wade Barrett is. He was like an old <laughs> WWE wrestler. He used to come on TV and his like main thing was like he'd spell out a storyline and he's from the UK and he would just go, I've got some bad news. And they called him Bad News Barrett. But anyway, it's like, that's kind of what it's like to me where it's like, I don't feel like fighting today. It's just, <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> Maybe Frigga needs to cut out an eyeball for that to Dude, activate. Dude, Frigga looks great. Oh, uh, not Frigga. I meant Hella. But ha- Frigga looks amazing. Like, she could kill me. Um, her combat. Fuck, man. She could tear some shit up. Yeah. This is like the first moment for women in the MCU that really was cool, and she died in the same movie. So, go oh, figure. Oh, I disagree. I think Pepper Potts did some really cool stuff. In Iron Man 3? Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, like, Frigga in this is, like, I feel like a step above that a little bit. Yeah, like, well, I mean, she's the, she's the first woman in the MCU to not wear a very sexualized outfit and kick ass. And she's wise. Like, you know, she's like, wise, her yeah. stuff with, with, like, Loki and Odin. She's not stupid. She kicks ass, but she dies. But... She comes back in Endgame, which is so cool. It's like, you know, I was raised by witches. You can't fool me. You know, and like, ah, oh, man. I can't wait to get to Endgame, man, in four years. It's going to be so fulfilling. Four like, we're, we're watching <laughs> we're watching all this with, like, open minds. And, like, Endgame is going to just hit that much harder. It really is. Like, I haven't watched Endgame in a while. And I love Endgame. Endgame, like, I probably am going to predict that Infinity War and Endgame are my number two for, like, all of time. Because I just pitched the, impact. the idea, Ty, that we watch Infinity War, do that episode, and then wait an entire year to do Endgame to make people I suffer. would die. <laughs> no, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Like, if, like, oh, I couldn't do that. Wait fucking, what is it, five years? Five years later. <laughs> it was a year. Oh, five years later. In in movie timeline, I was going to say yeah. a year. <laughs> uh, he's got a retirement plan. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Loki suit, dude. That looks really good. No helmet, unfortunately, but that still looks really good. I mentioned in the Avengers episode that I fucking hate his hair. Love his hair here. Very oh, yeah. reminiscent of the Loki show hair um, season two. He's going to look better because he's got the slick back. Oh my God. Tom Hiddleston, man. <sighs> he's great. Um, yeah. All the costumes in this movie look pretty good. All the really cool armors. Yeah. I like Malekith. I, uh, I like Eric the Selvig in his house. underwear. Wait, what? Yes. I actually love their helmet. Um, Eric Selvig in his underwear. Oh yeah. And naked. Yes, poor guy. Poor guy. 
Um, yeah, the dark elves look really cool, and they actually are pretty menacing. Like, I do like that. Like, you don't see their faces, really. You don't see their emotions, but they just fuck shit up. And I really like the Asgardian armor. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, man. The co- the the costume design on this, like on any of the Thor movies, is something I can't fault for. It. It's all very good. Like Ragnarok, I love it. Love and Thunder, it's ridiculous, and I love it. Like these movies are beautiful, and I love them. I mean, I got nothing to say on the costumes, man. Yeah, I think we said all that we can say about the costumes. Yep. Yeah. Even Chris Hemsworth's ass and Love and Thunder. Like, come on, man. It's all beautiful. But um, ah. next week, we are doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Parts 2, which when we do this episode, I need to list out the episodes because I didn't do that the last episode, and that's my fault. So that's y'all okay. know by the title what it's called. Because some of y'all might not remember the numbers, but y'all might remember, like, Tahiti. Um, so next week we're doing episode eight through 16, which I have already watched and I'm fucking sold on this show. Um, Coulson has easily become one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Fucking a. Um, And I'm so excited to talk about part two because my wife and I were really like, let's finish the season. And I was like, no, we got to wait a week. And she was butthurt. So <laughs> super excited about it. No, I'm really glad because like the next eight episodes really deal more with the uh, Asgardian stuff. And like they they clean up Thor the Dark World's mess in episode eight. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the the damage control, quote unquote. And I'm looking forward to see more of Coulson's, um, you know, Tahiti stuff. And how it's affect him and how it's affecting his service going forward and how his teammates are reacting and Fitz and Simmons, what they're doing like, and, and, you know, also, um, what is it? Agent May, like, what is she doing? There's a lot of good stuff in these episodes, guys. And if you haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I recommend you watch it along with us, Chad. You're supposed to be watching these along with us. Why haven't you been watching these along with us? Um, So I highly recommend it because if you you like this shit, we like this shit, okay? Just just tune in. It's a good time. I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Any final thoughts, Ty? Uh, no, no, I do not have any final thoughts, but something I didn't do, uh, almost a month ago is thank y'all for 700 listens. We're over that now. We're over that now. Um, we literally had 400 listens in two months, which is, um, that Thor love and thunder bump. Uh, but regardless, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's consistency bump. That's like people listening every single week, you know? Um, so thank you. Thank y'all for that. Uh, and thank you for our producers for actually becoming Patreon users. It's been a slow couple of weeks on the Patreon. My wife has started up school. I don't like doing everything all at once episodes alone. And so I'm trying to get the next one to where she does it with me. And we're talking about some video games, but she's super duper busy. So I apologize for not being as active on there. And I'm trying like this week to do it. I know that we're doing a star Wars episode 
on Sunday we're recording it, and if that's the case, then we'll drop it on everything all at once before it releases on Tuesday. So just keep your eyes peeled. I also have an announcement. For those of us who are subscribed to our Patreon, I'm doing the MCU tie-in books, and I found my first Vengeance copy. So Let's can, go! So I can finally fucking do that. Let's go. Um... Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to rereading that for the first time in a, in a couple of years, and then I'm going to do a recap of what happens in that tie-in book. Uh, it takes place during the events of the first Avenger, and uh, I've got uh, the two Iron Man ones, and then I just need to find the Thor prelude. And I, I don't... There is an Incredible Hulk one, but like I'm pretty sure... That one isn't super tied into the movie, so I'm probably going to skip that. They don't really talk about the Incredible Hulk until the Thor Ragnarok prelude, so I'm going to just do it then. Uh, But yeah, I got the first Vengeance. I got Iron Man and Iron Man 2 uh, ready and waiting in the wings. I found them. I'm so excited. So that's going to be coming to our Patreon exclusively. Um, But yeah, otherwise, this is a repeat studios podcast network um thank you for listening across the multiverse and uh you can follow us on at mcu on repeat you can follow the network at underscore repeat studios you can follow ty at his twitter account of uh i think it's like lord steelbook or something i don't know or was it, <laughs> i know you said like steelbook dom or something like that a while ago maybe it's still maybe it's still book dom i don't know twitter banned me and they didn't give the reason why so i lost well, you everything th- you threatened a man for oh yeah i threatened a bot for stealing our t-shirts fuck that guy <laughs> <sighs> fuck and you can follow guy. me it was at worth it the blaine 96 everywhere uh thank you again so much for listening and i hope you give thor the dark world another chance because uh it deserves a fair shot because wow i can't believe i really enjoyed this movie i can't believe ty really enjoyed this movie it's crazy <laughs> It's nuts. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I would, before we leave, I would like to give you all our uh, schedule for the next month, and then we're going to dip out real fast. I'm going to give it to you super-duper fast, just so you all know what to expect. Um, On August 29th, Thor The Dark World will come out. That's Monday. On 9-5, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Part two is going to come out on nine twelve. Captain America: Winter Soldier with Bright Suns Media will come out. Then nine nineteen, Agents of Shields Part three will come out. Then nine twenty six, Guardians of the Galaxy with Alex will drop. We're doing so many freaking collaborations. Ten three, Agents of Shields Part four. Then ten ten, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two with Chad will come out. Love it. It's a lot of stuff, man. Uh, and Ty, I'm going to spoil some stuff here. Um, we have another collaboration coming up. Uh, we decided that after the really awesome conversation that we had with uh, the Avengers, we, we wanted to do more collaborations with people and our listeners, and I really like that we're doing that. However, Avengers is going to be blocked off because we're going to have the Penny Bloom podcast for every Avengers movie I think. Yes. And I also um, alluded to this fact 
on Twitter as soon as we were done with our Avengers episode. Yeah. So go check They're coming back that. for Age of Ultron, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be coming back for Infinity War and Endgame. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Got them locked. I'm so excited. I'm really glad we're doing things. I love doing things. Doing things with people who doing do the things, same things for more with... people, you know. Hell yeah, dude. We and sp- maybe you get tired of our opinion, so there's dude, another I know. opinion. Dude, I love that when we started this podcast, we were just like, we're gonna shoot the shit. We're gonna talk nerd things with other nerd people, and like here we are, like actually talking about nerd things with other nerd people and collabs. It's great. I love it. I love it. That's all I wanted to say. It's- it's like whiplash because you get on the Twitter page, it's all about cums and boners, and then you get on the podcast, it's about nerd shit. It's like it's, it's just whiplash. I love it. It's awesome. Love it. Uh, but yeah, otherwise we're gonna wrap this thing up, and I gotta go watch uh, Agents of Shield again. So I will see you guys next week for Agents of Shield Part Two. It's a magical place.